You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It's day 175 of the quarantine. I don't know where we're where we're at, but it's been quite the time. I, you know, it's funny. It's an adjustment for a lot of people. It's not as big of a. I feel kind of blessed. It's not as big of an adjustment for us. My wife already worked from home. Obviously, uh, I work from home as well. Would you say then that you're too blessed to be stressed? <laughs> I am too blessed to be stressed. Uh yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh so you know, but it, but it, it it is a bit of an adjustment, although I do think it's quite funny to see people saying like uh you know, like holding up signs that say give me liberty or give me death and stuff like that. Uh, especially when they have a Baskin Robbins milkshake in their hand, and it's like you know you're not really being that oppressed, right? Like you can still go out and get your Baskin Robbins. It's I don't know. It seems a little ridiculous, uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about, I guess. Although I have so many things that I could say about morons, but I do um, I do support their right to protest. That is their constitutional amendment. And remember I, uh, back at that college a few years ago when they when they started uh, like you know there was a protest and the protest they kept saying we're not going <laughs> to. Yes, I do remember. I do remember when they were. And that uh, one guy was like forty, and he was like uh, a senior. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, just looked incredibly old. <laughs> we're not going to protest. That's that's a movie that I could have mentioned for what we're talking about today, but I didn't. Uh, I do have some news to talk about today. A couple things that I, struck me as funny, but I guess we'll we'll begin, or at least interesting. But I guess we'll start with the IMDb game, Mike. I've got a, a doozy for you here. Oh, do you know? <laughs> I am. I'm sure you've seen this movie too, which is uh which is nice. Uh which is nice. So uh first one under drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Some people smoke a hookah pipe. Team America World Police. No. Although one day you know it's coming. Um <laughs> Sex and Nudity. Uh, the two main characters begin making out on the elevator, talking about doing it right there. Mallrats. Oh, now that's that's a good that's a good uh, good guess, but no. Uh, let's see. There is a lot of action violence that is occasionally bloody, but within a science fiction context, and it is often highly stylized. Resident Evil? No. Uh, let's see. Many men shoot at two men as they run away, and another man is shot in the chest. We see bloody holes in his shirt and watch him die. Jeez. Um, virtuosity. No. 
Uh, let's see. During a dance scene, uh, you can see women dancing briefly from a distance. A few have bare breasts. Women are seen in see-through shirts cl- up close. Um, Bordello of Blood. No. This one might give it to you. I don't know. It depends on... I don't know how many times you've seen this movie, but... A woman eats a piece of cake, which causes her to experience an orgasm. This is shown from close up. Uh, so okay, it's... yeah, that's uh, Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> that's correct. I love the rest of this. So it's not as explicit, but still rather crude. Some people may even think she wants to use the bathroom. <laughs> uh, see, it, it, that part actually is pretty confusing. Like You don't know if she has an orgasm or shits her pants. Exactly, yep. Are you familiar with that scene, Mark? Yes, I am. My, is that you... Monica Bellucci, right? No, it's not Monica Bellucci. It's another woman that the uh, the Mervigian. Mervingi, oh, yeah, yeah, Merovingian. Yeah. So I'm guessing she doesn't shit her pants because he's about to like bang her. He, I don't think many women are like, "Ooh, I just uh, you know diarrhea over." <laughs> right. I'm ready now. <laughs> At least in my experience, uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't gone the scatological routes yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch that two girls one cup video once. So I never watched that. I wanted to vomit. Like even thinking to myself the whole time, this is probably not real. It's probably ice cream or something. Like it's probably staged in some way. I, that's as close as I've ever come to like retching, like wanting to vomit without being sick or or anything. It was horrifying. I probably watched. Maybe the first, I don't know how long it was, but I probably watched the first maybe minutes or minute and a half, and I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I just didn't think I'd be interested, and eh, I never watched it. I Yeah, I watched it more as a curiosity than anything else. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to win that. I mean, either they're not actually eating shit or they're actually eating shit. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's not either way. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, to each their own. But I don't understand the I don't understand that appeal uh, as far so as I th- I sexually. Think, yeah, I'm not, I don't really get that either. I'm sure there's some deep psychological thing behind it. But I think that's one of like the first like really like big like meme slash reaction videos that was out there because you yeah. know a lot of the fun of that video was just people filming themselves watching it or you know mm-hmm. filming their friends watching it unbeknownings you know to them. Yeah, that, I think that that the rea- those reaction videos I think almost made YouTube. Yeah, because I, I, I even I recognize the music because so I've seen the reaction videos. But I mean, like I like I said, I've never seen it. I I, I know what it's about. I I don't know anything about it other than it's like two girls eating each other's shit or their, one of their shit or something about eating shit. I don't know. Yeah, basically, yes, correct. <laughs> That's it. You got it. That was actually my movie, uh, Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> Mike directed it. He just kept his eyes closed the entire time so he hasn't seen it. I guess I'll go back, go back to my uh, backup, the uh, Bud Dwyer video. <laughs> oh, God. That's on your resume, too. <laughs> a man is carrying a paper bag. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, if any of you haven't uh, ever seen that, just look up Bud Dwyer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, have some fun with that. Oh, God, terrible. They, there used to be this thing, so before the internet existed, when Mike and I were younger people, we uh, there used to be this thing called a video called The Faces of Death. They had several of them. And 
they were just basically just messed up stuff. Like the, um, what's his name? The, the Vic Morrow thing, the accident on the Twilight Zone, oh, yeah, the no, movie. That yeah, that, yeah, that was in there. The Bob Dwyer thing was in there. Uh, some other stuff, too. It's, a lot of the stuff was probably not real. Like, it was probably staged. Yeah, for yeah the, a lot was fake, I believe. Yeah, but they did. They intermixed some real stuff in there that actually got caught on film. I wonder if they ever had the Clint Malarchuk thing in there. Do you know about Clint Malarchuk? No. So Clint Malarchuk was a goaltender, and I think in, I think it was probably like the early 80s, like 82, 83 or something like that, he, they were playing a game, and uh, this guy got checked into the goaltender, and his feet came up, and his skate slashed Clint Malarchuk's throat. And Actually, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about I just didn't know the name. Yeah, and like, you know, all of a sudden there's just blood all over the ice. The two announcers obviously are horrified. They really think they're seeing a human being die right in front of their eyes. And like, they're like, get the camera off. He's like, we're not going to show this. And uh, luckily for him, the uh, I believe they were, it was an away game, so I think it was the other team's doctor, uh, had military training. He was a military doctor. He he rushed out onto the ice. He stuck his hand in Clint Malarchuk's throat and pinched close his carotid artery until uh, EMS could get there and everything and sew him up and and I mean basically he saved his life because you know you he could have bled out in mere seconds uh, if that guy hadn't uh, hadn't done that. So I think that was probably on there too. Intense shit. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I think there was something about like, a, like a beating a monkey to death and eating its brains or something too. Oh yeah. yeah. I've never, I've never. Have you ever even wanted to do that? They like they 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 eat those monkey brains. Like they bring the monkeys out when they're alive. No. It's just, it's so close to a person. Yeah. It's it's very disturbing. Not that I would want to like, not that I would take a cow and bash it in the head and eat its brains or anything like that, but, but it seems even more disturbing because it's so close to a person. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, all right. Well, my first guess is going to be, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. No. Okay. A woman visibly kicks a cat. It can be seen flying in the air before running away. Hmm. A woman visibly kicks a cat. Hmm. Uh. Drowning Mona. Did I get it? Is it Drowning Mona? Oh no! Are you there? Let's see. Oh, I could share my screen with you. Where does it show our connection is? Oh, there it is. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Wow, you are like fully gone, aren't you? <laughs> What's the status? 
of your Wi-Fi. Okay. Hello? Hello? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe I should disconnect that actually. Let's see. This might be better this way. Wow, that is a this is a lot that's gonna have to get cut out. Uh let's disconnect that. I'll just uh let's pause for an hour then. Hello. Hmm. Can't hear you either. Hello. Hey, that was weird. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, me either. But it's fixed now. All right. Let's start the uh, let's just start the parents guide thing over entirely. Forget the clue I already gave. Okay, sounds good. I found a better one. Okay. Three, two, one, go. A man is shown cross-dressing, and his wife says, "You have boobs," which he says that they're not his. I know that sentence doesn't make a lot of sense grammatically. Um, oh, I know it. I I already know it. I know it. First clue, I think. Junior? No. Damn it. Oh, I thought it was Junior. Two of the characters, one of them is the cross-dresser, are flirted, flirted with by French guards. Okay. What? What movie was Danny DeVito in? He was a cross-dresser. I guess it might not be a Danny DeVito movie, but um, hmm. is it is it screwed? No, no cross dresser in that movie, really. Let's see. A woman is hit by a car and explodes. Non graphic. What the fuck? It's not graphic, Mark. A woman is hit by a car and explodes. Holy shit. Um, Mars Attacks? No. All right. A man has his head blown off by a torrent of air. Funny and non-graphic. <laughs> wow. This is a total farce, huh? Um, hmm. Huh. Jumanji. No. Crossdresser. Hmm. One of the characters is beaten with a hockey stick and pushed around by hockey players. This sounds so familiar, too. Um, hmm. Huh. 
I don't know. Um, this might not be a. This might not be um, Danny DeVito movie. I guess. Uh, Drowning Mona. No. Okay. One of the characters is narrowly missed by a fireball in a Salt and Peppa music video. He is not damaged. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just the phrase narrowly missed by a fireball narrowly oh my god oh um holy shit um the last action hero no all right I'm going to read all the profanity right now. And one out of one found this mild. Probably the person who wrote it. Okay. Words like damn, hell, bitch, and dick are used in the movie. The word, oh my God, though that's not a word, is used in the movie. That's all. Right. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, holy shit. Um, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. <laughs> What? That's a movie. A, he- a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. Oh, that's not it. Oh, okay. It's a what movie. For, it's a movie from the seventies, I believe. So, Salt and Pepper might have been uh, not a, a, little... um, a successful musically yet. Right. Okay. One of the characters could be quite scary, seeing as he's an avatar of the devil. Hmm. An avatar of the devil. Wow. Um, hmm. I will say wolf. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, man. I don't think you're going to get this, so I'm going to give you a huge clue here, okay? Yeah, you got it. The scene for Northern Overexposure could be considered quite scary because of one of the characters having some of his limbs torn off by wolves. The, wait, what? <laughs> Say that again real quick. The scene for Northern Overexposure could be considered quite scary because of one of the characters having some of his limbs torn off by wolves. Northern Overexposure. Oh, wait, wait. Uh Oh. Um, is this stay tuned? Stay tuned. Yep. Very good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Kiefer Sutherland was in there for a little bit, Ben. You should check it out. Oh, all right. Oh, I was going to do a Kiefer Sutherland uh, one, too, but I didn't. I think I was going to do Dark City. I've never seen Dark City. I've heard it's very good, though. Yeah. Actually, I think Dark City is a good movie, but uh, I decided not to do it because I thought um, you probably hadn't seen it. I, I I should, although I do know what the uh, the mystery is, but still, it's I've heard it's good in spite of Kiefer Sutherland being in it. Yeah, I don't think he's in it a whole lot, but oh my, uh, what he's like the star of the movie, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, the, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the opposite of what we were doing with Ben, <laughs> where we were pretending that uh, Kiefer Sutherland was a big part of movies he wasn't. Um, no, uh, 
Oh my goodness! Uh, when I listen to the podcast, which I often do out of sheer vanity, mm-hmm. um, I I, uh, I I heard his music. That that's that's not especially great music. It's no, not the worst. But I mean, it's like the most generic. It, like the, the best thing you can say about it is the recording quality is sub subpar or superior, not subpar. Yeah, his voice is weird. Like it, you can tell it's him. It's when he's talking. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like a really it's like a really stylized like like. Close the shades. It's like okay, buddy. I, you know, you you sound like you're, he sounds like he's trying too hard. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Ah, oh, just saying, you fuck. Um, I think it's like the only reason he's actually has a record is because he's a keeper Sutherland. Yeah. Oh yeah. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have made it past. Uh, uh, he would have got no chairs turned around on the Voice or whatever. <laughs> whatever they do there, I don't know. Aren't there like a lot of those singing shows? Uh, I think, well, there's The Voice and then there's uh, American Idol, right? I think that's back. Okay, is that is that also... I thought there was another one. Is Carson Zinzin in one of those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes to Casa, you know. Oh, I, I already knew that. <laughs> I go to Casa, but you probably more than knew that. Um, yeah, uh, I think... What did he even go to Casa for? I don't know. Um, I don't know. He was he was looking up camera technology so he could spy on Americans better. Um, this is totally for us, by the way. No one listening has any idea what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Carson Sensen does the uh, the voice. I think he's on the voice. I don't know. Well, it was. Huh. Oh yeah, I, I have the right one because there were two Germans that year. Yeah, uh, Generic was the other. Oh, yeah, one. Yeah, that was the other one. The other one had like a name like that. Yeah. Yeah, Jenneric and Carson. These are foreign exchange students from when Mike and I were in high school. Did uh, did they come from the same foreign school? Because they didn't seem like they were friends or anything. No, I th- uh, Carson was from like the Bavaria region, I think. Like he was from more. That makes of, a lot of sense. Yeah, he was from more. He seemed like a fucking hick. He did. He was more. He was more of like uh, Eastern Europe, or I mean Eastern uh, Russia, and. Not Russia. And the other, the other one looked like he'd be in like the gay porn parody of Die Hard. Yes, as a exactly. <laughs> okay, Mister Cowboy. Be <laughs> <Yippee> Kaye. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so go th- down. I can't go down forty-two stories. I can't go down about twelve inches though. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The porn parody. Ho name. ho ho! Now I have anal beats. <laughs> the porn. I- I'll go investigate. No, me, me. Let's both go. <laughs> the porn parody uh, would just be Die Hard, right? Well, if it's translated from German, yes. <laughs> uh, so actually, that that dovetails nicely with one of the items that I want to talk about. One of the news items. Oh, Lord. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Mike. I'm going to guess no. And it's probably sort of old news by now. But apparently Bruce, uh, what's his name? The, the from, uh, from Die Hard, Bruce Willis, and Demi Moore are quarantining together. Uh, I saw that. Those two and their daughters and Bruce Willis's new wife and child <laughs> are at their home away from them during this entire quarantine. They're wearing matching like pajamas and stuff like that. I know they have a, 
you know, like a close divorce relationship or whatever. But I mean, what? It's pretty fucking yeah, it's, weird. It's bizarre. I think they're still uh, getting busy, as they say. Oh, I, I was talking to Carol about it, and Carol's like, oh, they're fucking for sure. Yeah, one of them stroking the other's uh, chest hair, and then they go, hey, Bruce, stop stroking my uh, hair on my chest. <laughs> right. It's not actually from my chest. <laughs> this is transplanted hair. You should She's recognize like, oh, my- this, Bruce. <laughs> She just got. She couldn't grow the the super bush anymore, so she got like hair implants. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, when uh, when Demi Moore uh, got crabs, you could boil them. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! They were they were often mistaken for uh, the old ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that Cthulhu? No. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's weird to me. It's just I don't know. I like to each their own, but that's. Bizarre, especially when you have another wife, you know, a new wife and a child, and you're like his child's like an infant or whatever. And just like, yeah, I'm just gonna leave him by themselves. Fend for yourself. I need to be with my ex-wife and my, you know, adult children. <laughs> I don't get it. And why couldn't she be there too? You know, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm uh, looking up Demi Moore's bush again. I, I, every time I see it, I. I, I, I'm like, oh, oh my god! There's no way I'll ever forget what this crazy thing looks like. But it's just no. It's uh, it, it surprised me every time. It looks like it takes up a third of her body. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's I don't know how you could grow that. That that's how ridiculous it is. Yeah, I'm look. Look, I'm not necessarily a fan of like shaving everything or anything like that. But that's way too weird. <laughs> Oh, God. Anybody that went down under got a hairball. Um, got a hair uh, a hair beach ball. Uh, the other thing was, uh, apparently, Lori Laughlin, uh, her defense is that this, this dude lied to them because he didn't... He said... What they were doing wasn't bribery. They were just, uh, whatever, donating to the, the school. And I think it wasn't, he said the prosecution, like, you know, threatened or, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, pressured him into, like, doing this or something like that. Yeah. And that's, uh, the, the judge is kind of aghast at this. It looks like she's, it looks like, uh, good old, uh, Aunt Becky's going to get off scot free on this thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what happens. Um, the last bit of news I have, and then I have something that I found on 4chan. Actually, I, I found it on... It, it looks like a very large rat is, like, <laughs> laying, like, you know, right between our legs. I'm looking at it right, right now. Like, it even... It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, if you saw, like, a, a, wet, a wet rat... Mm-hmm. That's... Imagine... So, like, imagine a normal naked person, and then, like, imagine you're in, a, in your museum... And you see a picture of a naked woman, and then it's like prehistoric naked woman. <laughs> that's what, uh, like the woolly mammoth versus the elephant. Like that's that's what her bush is like to a, a modern woman. <laughs> but the last the last bit of news that I have before we get into, like I said, I found something on Twitter that was from 4chan that I just thought was funny. Uh, Kevin Smith tweeted out uh, some big news uh, for him. And, oh, this wasn't a shock to anybody. And fans. But uh, he says thanks. Both in, that he has left. Yeah, thanks in part to uh, the quarantine. 
I finally finished a funny first draft. Now that's very subjective. A funny first draft of Twilight of the Mall Rats. Uh, I guess Twilight of I don't I don't know what I don't know what it's not a play on words. I don't understand what that's a reference to. But uh, twenty five years after the original, Brody Bruce will be back for an unnecessary sequel set against the Mallpocalypse. Oh, one part of this is one hundred percent correct. This is an unnecessary sequel. Yes, absolutely. And I'm Mallrats. Like I said, Mallrats is probably it's not the best Kevin Smith movie, but it's probably my my personal favorite Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, I can see that. It's a very fun movie. Like just like uh, I, no, I think I think Red State is probably the best Kevin Smith movie. But I think mm. my favorite's Dog. But yeah. Dogma is arguably the best as well. It's a very good movie. Yeah, Dogma's Dogma's excellent. I agree with you. Red State is also very just directing alone. I think he grew a lot uh, when he directed Red yeah, State. It's 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 a really amazing like uh, it's almost like uh, like I've never seen either the um, the Jordan Peele movies, um, mm-hmm. but I've heard they're both very good. Yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like oh, it's a comedy guy, and suddenly he like does a different genre, and it's like. A- Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, and and I thought it was and much very... like Jordan Peele, it's much better than uh, what he's known for because uh, <laughs> right. I, 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 I've seen if Key and Peele is not good, even though it's like number five in the fucking top one hundred sketch comedies of all time. Yeah, ridiculous to me, but um, but yeah, so I guess that'll come out at some point, uh, whether or not. See, it used to be that it, it he was beholden to movie executives, so <laughs> it used to be that. He, you know, like a movie executive would be like, no, we can't make this or you got to make changes here or whatever. But now he just funds his own movies. Uh, so, you know, no. Yeah, uh, and, and I think he doesn't need Kickstarter and that kind of shit, too. Yeah. So this movie will get made and, and either at least be VOD, uh, video on demand, if, if not, uh, if not coming to a theater. So and apparently and we'll right. probably fucking see it. I don't think so. I think I'm just done. Uh, I mean, I don't want to see it. I I want Mallrats to to stay the way it is in my head, and 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 you know, as it exists as a movie, I don't want it to be ruined in any way. Uh, this is my Ghostbusters, guys. When all you guys were up in arms about Ghostbusters, by the way, that's another movie that got delayed by the uh, quarantine. That I don't think that that other Ghostbusters remakes ever come out. Oh, <laughs> well, whatever. But uh, anyway, so. Did you see the trend that was going on this like weekend? Like people were like arguing. It was like a thing on Twitter, like your top five movies of all time or something like that. Oh no, I didn't. Or like it was like top five like perfect movies, and like someone put like uh, Back to the Future, but it's like, oh yeah, it doesn't make sense why you know they wouldn't remember him. Like you know, like there was this guy that looked identical to their son. You know, like <laughs> right. But then someone's like, well yeah, they only knew him for like eight days when they were like sixteen, and they're like in their like you know what forties or fifties at that point. Still, if he was instrumental in them getting together, right? So he stopped her from being raped. Yeah. So if you, if um, if years later, like if you knew this guy in high school was friends with you know you and the woman you ended up marrying, she kind of had the hots for him, and then years later you had a son that looked identical, that'd be a red flag. <laughs> yeah, you think so? I'd be like, uh. What the fuck? Or what if they look up Calvin Klein and they see that and they see that he looks nothing like uh, Marty? The whole yeah, there, there's there's definitely there are a lot of plot holes in that movie, but the movie's good enough that it doesn't it doesn't matter. But yeah, certainly not a perfect movie. 
Do you uh, know of any movies that you think are perfect? Oh God, like absolutely perfect. Um, I would say the first Matrix hmm. movie is perfect. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think. Yes, yes, I would agree. I guess the only thing that the only thing um, that I would that I uh, it's not a plot hole at all, and it's not something that like makes it not perfect. But um, there's a scene that's always a little bo- bothered me just a little bit in the Matrix. Uh, when he sees that cat and then it like glitches and you see the cat, you know, go again and he goes, whoa, deja vu. And it's like, yeah, that's a very cool idea, but that's not really how deja vu works in, in actual life. Like deja vu is this. It's not like seeing something, you know, twice in a row or something. It's more like I have this weird feeling that I experienced this thing before. Yeah. But no, I would say yeah, I would say Matrix is is pretty much perfect. Um. I mean, Actually, I know you think about that cat thing, and I think you're right; it's not perfect. <laughs> I know you. Uh, I, I this movie. I know. I know you haven't seen it, but I think Get Out is pretty close to perfect. Oh, um, I thought you were gonna say Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> uh, the height of Angie Harmon's career, Agent Cody Banks. Oh, I thought that was uh, Bordello of Blood, which I think you mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she is in that. That's right. Uh, She's the blood. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. Jeez. <laughs> um. So, the uh, the thing I saw on Twitter that's from 4chan it it was in reference to um, Trump asking if we could put bleach inside people uh, to get rid of uh, or disinfectant or whatever to get rid of the uh, the coronavirus. So that's fun, but. Uh, Someone posted. What was the answer? (laughs) The doctor said no. So that's that's the answer to the question. Okay, that's good. Uh, (laughs) Um, this someone posted this on Twitter in response to people talking about this, saying he basically said, "Oh, he's just the 4chan OG." And someone on 4chan put this in. (laughs) This is from anonymous, obviously. Um, we make really cool crystals and post results, and there's a picture of these uh pretty pink crystals it says okay so this is easy you should all have the chemicals needed around the house you need around five uh over nine thousand pennies Uh, i don't know what that means um or uh, i can break this all down to you when you're done i'll translate it okay uh or copper coin from your country so some kind of copper uh, and a straw. Please put these aside. Get a clean jar. Scoop two tablespoons of salt into it. One tablespoon of baking soda. Now the first important ingredient would be uh, in the bathroom cleaning supplies. Ammonia. Any brand. <laughs> Pour it in until the jar is two-thirds of the way full, uh, as tall as you want uh, the crystals to grow. Uh, the last ingredient is laundry bleach. <laughs> Careful not to spill any on your clothes, exclamation point. Fill up the rest of the jar. Now drop the pennies into the bottom and quickly take the straw and blow bubbles into the pennies to get the crystal going. You should begin to see stringy crystals uh, form about after about 30 seconds of blowing. That's it. Uh, the attached pick took around 10 minutes of steady blowing. The pink and purple uh, sum from the production of copper ca- uh, calcifate using CO2 in your breath. Uh, blowing until you're dizzy actually increases the CO2 in your breath, giving better colors. Good luck. 
And then a few days later, someone responded, well, thanks a lot, B. I come, I come every day on this site for like two months, and I always participate in stuff to do the stuff uh, the site says. But this time, it almost fucking killed me. I am writing this shit from the hospital because I almost fucking died. Some shit face posted something to make crystals from some regular stuff everyone has. If I remember correctly, it were soda, salt, some pennies, ammonia, and a bit of laundry bleach. I had to mix it and blow through the straw until I became dizzy because then there would be more CO2 and so there'd be nice colors in the crystals. The doctor said they found mustard gas or some shit in my body. What the fuck? That's not true. It's chlorine gas. Yep. <laughs> and I was passed out for days. Here, here, uh, have to stay here for like one week more. And my parents cut the internet. Thanks a lot, motherfuckers. Hope every one of you die. <laughs> yeah, that's a very, very old meme from there. Now, I don't like, know I- if that's actually true. But you yeah, oh. see, it's, it's, I'm sure it's not, it's either so, the same person making a post because first of all, you can't post three days later on there. Like your posts are generally gone within an hour. Oh, it's okay. a very busy message board. Right. Unless they're implying that like they saved it and compared it or something. And yeah, I mean, it's just like an old, you know, joke on there. It's been around for a very, very long time. And the over, over 9,000 thing is uh, a reference. Like it's an anime thing where they say it's like over 9,000. So they put that on there a lot. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Cool for anime. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a funny story. Uh, I don't like I said. I I mean, here's the thing. Ha- I'm sure people have done fucked up dumb shit uh, from stuff they've seen on the internet at some point. But yeah, don't mix bleach and ammonia, guys. Uh, and there's lots. There's stuff you know. You you want to make uh, hydrochloric acid? You can do that too. With uh, salt and and vinegar, basically, uh, or at least a very weak strain of it. Uh, we'll teach you how to do an anthrax uh, on dumpster diving. Yeah, remember the anarchist cookbook? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a weird collection of stuff because I don't know if any of it was accurate or even where it was sourced from. And mm-hmm. then when the internet became more popular, there was a lot of documents that claimed to be the anarchist cookbook, but I don't know that they actually were. Like there was this place called Walden Books that used to be around, and yeah. I saw a copy of it there, and I wanted to buy it, but I'd always heard stuff like you know, like oh, you have to be eighteen or whatever. And I looked through it; and it's, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. Like I don't know if it's incorrect enough to be harmful or anything like that, but it, it just seems like a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, it's not like they claimed that they could teach you how to make TNT and and like uh, napalm and stuff like that. But here's the thing, like and like LSD and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but making you know, like making. TNT, yeah, you can do it, but you, like you don't have the chemicals you need in the house. I don't think anyway. <laughs> I mean, you can make a bomb Not to make the true TNT. Yeah, but, yeah, you, yeah can you can make can, a bomb. You can make, you can make an ex- you can make it explosive. I mean, it's not yeah. gonna be like fucking you know like uh, Oklahoma City level shit or anything like that. Mm. But, I mean, that was fairly, fairly simple because it was just you know like Fertilizer. a lot of it was just fuel ammonia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. But. Uh, but yeah, I figured I'd read that to you because I knew you'd I knew right away you'd uh, <laughs> you would understand what uh the person was having them make. Yeah, I was on uh, on Fortune quite a bit, like I don't know, like ten or fifteen years ago. I just like it just I just lost interest. It was just like a bunch of 
create like some of it was just pure brilliance like you know hilarious like it's like either just like insane like stories that were obviously fake and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. or just like funny you know like, people were just like oh, some of the funniest people on there but it's just it just became ridiculous and like it just you know way too like annoying it was more, i think it's just at a certain age it was more annoying than funny so i just right yeah oh uh, well the, our main topic today since we since everybody is is kind of um you know, they're holed up anyway. Unless you live in the South or in <laughs> fucking Sweden, you're probably in the house a lot more than you want to be. Right. And because of that, well, Mike and I figured, and it, it's it's a generic enough question that we've been asked time and time again on the email, uh, what our favorite movies are and stuff like that. So I figured we'd talk about... Do have any new emails? Yeah, there's, there's some in there. Um, my computer's not hooked up to my email yet though gotcha. so I'll, I'll get it gotcha. later but what are you fucking 90 years old your computer's not hooked <laughs> up to your email well because i what just even mean because i just read no i mean i could i could go in and sign into the account but it's not signed into any accounts right now oh um, god forbid no i'm just fucking with you. i don't care that much but uh i'll do it next week but anyway we've, we've had it's enough a bunch of fucking idiots ready us anyway so i'm <laughs> in a rush we've had enough we've had enough questions about what our favorite movies are that i figured we'd kind of talk about uh, our favorite movies, or at least, at least, um, you know, movies that that we like that you might not have seen, uh, since you're indoors and you've got movies to stream. Uh, we figured we'd give you a list. Uh, I'm gonna save what I think is the best one. Uh, not necessarily the best movie, but the one that people should watch. I'm gonna save that for last. But I, I Mike, I guess I figure we can go one at a time. Like I'll go and then you go. Um, yeah, good. I hope you go first because I, I couldn't think of shit for this topic, but I'll probably figure it out <laughs> while you're uh, doing your whatever you're talking about over there. So the first the first one I want to do is actually it's a movie from 2017 and it was uh, nominated for Best Picture, I believe. And I think Willem Dafoe won for uh, Best Supporting Actor in this movie. Spider-Man 2. It's uh, The Florida Project. Uh, basically, I've never, seen, I've never even heard of that movie before. Yeah, it's so basically it's streaming on Netflix. Uh, and, and basically, what the movie's about is this woman who is she lives in one of these like slum apartment buildings, uh, basically at the doorstep of Disney World. And there's uh, for any of you who have been to Disney World or or been around those parts of Florida, you, you know you'll you'll recognize. That there yeah, there are places like this where you know you can rent by the week and and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of like or by a, the hour. Yeah, that's Bob Craft. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but she's uh, raising uh, you know her her daughter there in this trend, trying to make ends meet. At one point, she 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 gets into a lot of scams. Like at one point, she tries to sell uh, fake. Disney tickets, uh, you know, she steals uh, some some of those wristbands, like uh, that, you know, where you can get into the park and you can get into the line faster from uh, from this guy to to try to sell. Uh, she at one point she does turn to prostitution, and it's never see the the movie's focused on the child and the friend the friendships and the friends that she makes with these other poor kids, you know, at the thing. So everything we see is from her perspective and from her eyes. Um, so it's never like said, oh, the mom's turning tricks now. It's just, she, she's got to be out of the apartment for There's a while. There's certainly a lot of new uncles. Yeah, exactly. She's got to be out of the apartment for a while. And occasionally you'll see in the background, like a guy come out of, 
the apartment. So it's all very, it's very good filmmaking. It's all like very subtle and everything. And uh, Willem Dafoe is, you know, like, like I said, he won uh, the Academy Award for it. So he's, he's excellent in the movie. He plays the manager of this like motel uh, slash apartment. And he tries to be like a, a force for good in their lives, I well, guess. Well, Defoe is always good. I mean, he looks like a fucking creep, but he's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely fantastic. He's, he's excellent in autofocus. Yes, he is. But uh, but the, basically, this movie's kind of like it's the it's juxtaposing you know this kind of poverty and and struggle and stuff like that with you know, literally feet away is quote, the happiest place on earth. This giant, like, uh, you know, behemoth of pay, you know, pay a bunch of money to, you know, come in here and all this stuff and all the tourism that, that goes along with that and everything. And it's like, you know, it's kind of showing like the, the two different worlds. Obviously it has some political things to say and everything, but everything is super understated. Nothing is, Nothing's in your face. Like you really have to like read into it. You really have to look into the movie to kind of get anything like that out of it. Uh, for the most part, you can look at it completely as just like this little girl's story from her from her eyes and her from her perspective. And she's really good in it too. So's the mom. The mom is a bit of stunt casting because she's not a an actual trained actress. Uh, the director basically just found her. Uh, you know, like as a poor mom, <laughs> he was like, come, come do this movie. Uh, so, you know, it's a, like I said, a bit of stunt casting, but she's excellent in, in the film as well. And it's a really solid film. So the Florida project, if you, uh, you know, if it sounds interesting to you, like I said, it's on Netflix, go ahead and check it out. It's a, it's a very, very good film. At, at the end, uh, they do film inside Disney world. And I don't think they had permission because all of a sudden it cuts from, the kind of camera and video quality they're using where it's like clearly an iPhone and they're just like running around. So I think they had no permission to, to film in there at all, but it's uh it's a very good, like bittersweet kind of movie. Well, it sounds kind of interesting. Uh, I don't think it's something I'd really especially like, so I'm probably not going to watch it, but I, I mean, Willem Dafoe is a great actor. He's he really is. under, I, I, when people talk about great actors, they never mention Willem Dafoe. I guess you could, He's not quite a character actor because he's often like, you know, the starring uh, or co-star of a movie like, you mm -hmm. know, Platoon. Obviously, he's in. Um, was he in The Last Temptation of Christ? I haven't seen that, but I heard it's very good. Uh, I'm trying to think. I th think he was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, everything you see him in, he's good. Yeah, he, he is an excellent actor. Uh, and just he's like you said, he looks creepy, but he's very good at um, like he can play sincere really well. Uh, as well as, you know, creepy. Uh, uh, this this wasn't this actually would be a pick, but I'm not really going to get it too much right now. But autofocus, he's the perfect combination. He's he plays a guy named John Carpenter, not the mm -hmm. director, but who's like uh, Bob yep. Crane's friend, and he gets involved in the scheme to like you know record them having like group sex and like one on one sex with women, and mm -hmm. it's he just menacing and delightful at the same time, and it's just wow. When he like in his character like turns like you know like uh opposed to bob crane it's like you almost feel a chill in the air oh yeah yeah he's he he's a big part of the reason that movie works yeah i mean greg i i i, I didn't really watch talk stoop when greg Kinnear was on there you know mm -hmm. i was more of a john henson guy mm -hmm. um but greg Kinnear is uh judging by this movie alone he is 
perfect, perfect for this role. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard he's very good, like as good as it gets. I haven't seen that, but he is so good in this. Like, yep. he's just gregarious, and he's like just casually talking. Like, oh yeah, yeah, me and my buddy, we you know fuck these women, and well, you know, it was just how it was. You know, it was just happy go lucky kind of. Yeah, yeah, he's Greg Kinnear really is uh, good. I haven't seen, I haven't seen him be bad in a movie. I've seen him in a couple bad movies, but I haven't seen him. Yeah, I've only be bad seen in him in this. Really, isn't he like in a movie like called like Dear God about like the post office or something like that? Yeah, which is not the best movie I've ever seen in the world. But again, he's, he's really good, good in it. it. Yeah, he's really good in yeah. it though. Yeah, it's weird. Like, uh, that's like a oh, we should have brought a potty survive when Ben was on the other day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I mean, just because he's not in a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, he really isn't. He doesn't. I th- he might maybe he does a lot of um, maybe he does voiceovers or something, or or like Broadway or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he's good. So you said you are you gonna use autofocus as yours? Or are you gonna do a different one? Maybe later. I think we could both talk about that one because I think we both agree that's a very underrated movie. Like oh, I mean, even if you sure. know nothing about Bob Crane, who was uh, shit. What 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 did he host? It was the Family Feud? No, no, he was Bob. So Bob Crane was uh, Hogan on Hogan's Heroes. Oh, that's right. I'm thinking of uh, Ray Combs, who also like died under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Rich Richard Dawson uh, was on Hogan's Heroes, and I th- he plays he he has a very the uh, there's very a guy small role yeah there's a guy it, that that plays him uh, for very I know it's brief. not Paul Bettany but he kind of looks like him he does kind of look like Paul Bettany yeah okay first thought it was Paul Bettany uh, you know I'm sorry this is ridiculous I don't know if you want to pause it or not but do you mind I'm just gonna go get a drink real quick it'll be like two minutes at most yeah you're good all right yeah if you want to you know you know what to do yeah. We're just gonna uh, we're just gonna sit here and talk for a little bit. <laughs> so I think I think it's going pretty well so far. Uh, any any um, movies that you guys like out there? <clears throat> oh, that's a good one. Uh, how about you? No, 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 no. You on the bench? Yeah, you. Oh, oh, I like that one too. Um, that's that's a good one. So. What I like, I like the the cinematography of that one is is very good. Um, you on the bed though, you laying on the bed, you're almost asleep. I mean, I know you're close, but you could probably think of a movie too, right? So like you, oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Uh, very good acting in that movie. How about you at work? Uh, with the headphones, just like sitting there. What what movie would you pick as one of your favorites? Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So now I, I mean, I like that movie. I don't know if I'd put it in my top ten, but it's what I, movie? It's a good movie. Um. Oh, I was talking. I was just talking to the uh, the audience. I was just asking them. What their favorite movies were? Oh, well, I thought you were talking about a movie. No, nope, just asking the audience, and they were they were responding yeah, okay. to me about what oh, okay. the movies were. That makes sense. Uh so um, yeah, I was actually thinking about this movie the other day before because we kind of just came up with this topic today because we were just mm-hmm. you know we, I mean Better Call Saul is over for this for the season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll be back next year, but who knows with them? You know, right. I, I mean. I'm willing to wait. I, I just like with George R. R. Martin, I trust that you know whatever they take to get it right, it's worth it. Yeah, agreed. Um, I was about this movie the other day. I don't know why, just because uh, it just randomly came to me. Because like you know, it's funny. Nicholas Cage like 
these days is, you know, widely heralded as, like, some terrible actor, like, you know, like a mockery of, like, you know, an action star or whatever. Mm. He's obviously had some personal issues and that kind of stuff, you know, a lot of financial stuff. But the movie that I was thinking about is an Adaptation. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's, like, I don't know how well-regarded as people who are, like, you know, younger than us or even older than us, but this is a amazing movie. I mean, everything about this movie is perfect. Uh, it's a, it's it's a, it's really weird because it's also a movie about Mickey movies. Uh, it's written by Charlie Kaufman, who you know wrote um, the, uh, Being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. He, did he write um, that movie with uh, Jim Carrey and uh, what's her name? The lady oh, Eternal Eternal Sunshine of yeah. the Spotless Mind. Uh, I think he wrote that, but I could be wrong. I think he wrote it, but didn't direct it. No, Michael Gondry directed it. Yeah, but I think he uh, he wrote it. Yeah, I think. So. I, I mean, this is like a really. There's a really brilliant period of like you know film like in the early 2000s to mid 2000s. Not that there's not now, but it was like a really like a almost like a herald back to the 70s, where like some auteurs were just allowed to like make whatever they wanted to. And a prime example of that was mm-hmm. first he was really well known for making a lot of videos. He's you know associated with the BC Boys, a lot of like really classic like interest like interesting. He's an interesting filmmaker, which as I've discussed before, I think that's the most important thing you want to do with a movie. Just make it interesting. I mean, everything is so similar and cookie cutter like we watched last week. It's like, it's not a bad sitcom, but I mean, it's not distinct. There's nothing that makes it special or, to me, interesting. Right. So it's a crazy script for being John Malkovich, which is like, you know, it's like, you know, layers upon layers. And uh, he just, he, the movie uh, the adaptation is like, he just expanded upon by that. Not only is the script like more insane. But just the direction itself is really spectacular. There's a lot of really interesting like choices, I think, because the, the the basically the premise of the movie, as I assume it's real life, I don't know. I haven't really studied it that much. But um, uh, screenwriter Charlie Kaufman is uh, given the task of adapting a book called The Orchid Thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, The Orchid Thief is kind of a dry subject. It's got some interesting characters, but it's about basically a guy in Florida who steals these valuable flowers and I think he resells them. Yep. And then the person who wrote the book, like. She, you know, was like, you know, just, you know, like a, the detached journalist. She wrote all about his life, you know, from what, every account that I've read. I've never read the book, but it's like, you know, like an amazing piece of journalism. Uh, but however, Charlie Kaufman trying to adapt this book into a movie, uh, he, he just couldn't figure it out. He couldn't crack the script. You know, he didn't he didn't really know what to make interesting about this. So basically, the entire movie comes about becomes about his process of trying to adapt this movie and writer's block. It's. It's it's also it's almost like in a lot of ways uh, RKO two two eighty one where there's yeah. a lot of deception about like the process of making movies mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But this is like all strictly from the writer's point of view. Um, he invents another character, his brother Donald Kaufman, also played by a uh, by Nicholas <laughs> Cage. Cage. Yep. And Donald Kaufman is like has like the worst ideas ever for movies. Like he he keeps working on a script for something called The Three. Where it's like a victim and like a serial killer and someone pursuing the serial killer, but it's all the same. Yeah, but they're all the same person. It's like that movie Identity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I wonder if that's based on that. But yeah, I kind of that was weird. Like I just guessed through it. I'm like, oh wait, this is all in that one guy's mind. Which you know, whatever. Spoiler. <laughs> that's a good movie too. Yeah. On the first viewing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so he, so like he basically like takes this process, and it's also a lot about like his like you know personal life and how he ca- he's like comparing like the flowers in the book to like you know humans mating and what you know people find attractive to each other, and then and then all of a sudden like a uh, he just kind of like makes like, this weird conspiracy that the author is actually in love with the orchid thief and like there's a shootout and all this crazy like Hollywood stuff like that his brother who sold the script to the three by the way. Right, yeah. In the very last scene, they're like walking away to like a Weezer's cover, which is funny because Weezer is a 
a band that Spike Jones directed videos for. He directed Buddy Holly and the Sweater Song, I believe, yep. Undone. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that he it's another reference to, you know, his earlier career in a way. They were doing a cover of uh Happy Together by the Turtles as like, you know, we fade to black. It's <laughs> it's a fun it, it rewards yourself upon rewatching. If you haven't seen it, it's it's a really a, a little bit of everything. It's it's action, it's comedy, it's drama, it's it's a brilliant movie. Yeah, this is one of my favorites too. I, I love adaptation. And uh, I mean, yeah. So the yeah, the book was like you said, pretty much unfilmable because uh, it's very straight journal journalism and journalistic writing is just it's hard to adapt, uh, you know, for any kind of movie or anything like that because it's it's very different from creative writing. So, uh, yeah, he he basically you know turned it into uh, what it became, but it's there's. There's a scene where uh, Norm Macdonald actually uh, references this writer or this this writing teacher. But uh, there's a scene where they go see a writing teacher play, played brilliantly by uh, Brian Cox. Um, yeah, and, the, and the guy, his name's Robert McKenna, I believe. Yep, that's right. Yeah, when they approach him, you know, to ask if it was okay to be in the movie, his only uh, his only uh, condition, to his credit, because he seems kind of like a crackpot in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. that's um, is that uh, Brian Cox play him? And Brian Cox is an amazing actor. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he is amazing. And, and he does a fantastic job uh, in the movie as well. But Brian Cox, the uh, first Hannibal Lecter. Yes, that's correct. That's right. A lot of people probably don't know that. You probably didn't hear about it, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, Spike Jones wrote being John Malkovich human nature, which I've seen. It's a kind of a weird movie, but it's uh it's, decent. Oh, have you seen, you saw human nature? Yeah, I did. Why did you see that one? That's a weird choice. It's a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> oh, is that why? Well, you know, Hillary <laughs> Duff's in it too. Who's, oh, I was going to say, who's in Human Nature? <laughs> um, and he wrote Adaptation. He wrote Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which is also a very good movie. Yes. That's See, I, see, I wonder how much of it is a directing then, because I, I know George Clooney directed that movie, and I really like the direction of that movie too, but I mean, I don't know, like, there's a lot of really weird, like, surreal scenes. That, that is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he did direct, or he did write uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He also, and this doesn't surprise, but well, it surprised me because I didn't know it. But it does surprise me now that I that you know it doesn't surprise me now that I see it. He uh, wrote two episodes of uh, the show Get a Life, the uh, Chris oh, Elliott show sense. Get a Life. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the other thing I knew he was on, which was the Dana Carvey show. He he wrote. Yes, yeah, that's true. He wrote for the Dana Carvey show as well, um, and he wrote for. The Trouble with Larry, which I'm not sure what that is. I'm sure Larry Miller's in. Let's see. The Trouble with Larry is an American sitcom that aired from August 25th, 1993 to September 8th, 1993 uh, on CBS. It starred Bronson Pinchot. Oh, no. Is it Larry Appleton? As as Larry Burton, a man. Oh, you can't do that. You can't call him Larry. Get out of here. Oh, my gosh. I've actually, I've done, I've done and the pilot, I think, of this for Dumpster Dive, the, the video Dumpster Diving I used to do, or I wrote about I might have just written about it, but he's a man returning home to Syracuse after being presumed dead for uh, many years. Uh, let's huh. see. Um, so CBS gave the series an early start to, by premiering it in late August, three weeks after Pinchot's previous series, Perfect Strangers, finished its run on ABC. However, after poor reviews and... Three weeks of bad ratings. The series was canceled before the official what? TV season. 
Why would you name him his character Larry? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I and, agree. You know, he always said, "Don't be ridiculous." That's the opposite <laughs> of what the baby self wants. Exactly. They're not following his. Uh, they're not following his advice. But it. So the. That's how he became successful in the first place. <laughs> right. Not being ridiculous. Uh, so Bronson Pinchot la- plays Larry Burton. Um, his sister-in-law. Isn't that the guy who got uh, Anna Nicole Smith pregnant, Larry Burton? Maybe it could be. <laughs> um, Courtney Cox plays his uh his sister-in-law Gabrielle Easton, who he falls in love with. Spoilers. And then Alex McKenna, Perry King, and Shanna Reed fill out the uh the cast there. Larry Burton's actually a former football player. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so six episodes of that exist. Larry Burkhead. Six episodes of that exist. Three of them unaired. <laughs> I don't even know if you can find them. It's probably not worth finding. No, not at all. I like I said, I watched the I watched the pilot, and it was one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, but Bronson Pinchot, you know, you can't, uh, you can go wrong. He's in it. Yep. Uh, so my second movie, speaking of things that can't go wrong, is Eighth Grade. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this movie. Oh, that's movie, funny. But... I, actually, uh, I actually saw, um, I watched a little bit of uh, The Green Room with Paul Provenza and uh, Bo Burton was in it. Yeah. Yeah, Bo Burnham wrote and directed this movie. Burnham, not Burton. That's Larry Burton. Yeah, that's right. Bo Burnham wrote and directed this uh, this movie, the... I guess he's a stand-up comedian, a performance artist. I don't. Yeah, I'd say he's more of a performer, but he definitely has like a comedic focus. Yeah. Uh. So he he's almost like Eddie Izzard, where Eddie Izzard, you know, Eddie Izzard's a comedian, but I mean, you would listen to him speak even if he didn't have any jokes. He's just a fascinating order. Yeah. Agreed. In person, in general, Eddie Izzard is a, a very like fascinating person, and doesn't he look like he'd be like a Rich, Ricky Gervais's like evil brother? <laughs> Well, he would say to like Ricky Gervais, like, you're not getting any of the will. <laughs> well, they both they both have the same neck size. So <laughs> Yeah, I guess yes. he, I guess he could. Uh am I am I not wrong? My my wife pointed out that uh 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 Eddie Azard has a very short neck, but he was like next to Jimmy Carr, who has like a very long Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right. Uh I, I liked that tweet. I retweeted that tweet. Everyone check out Mike's tweet about uh about um What's his name? Uh, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> he really does have a long neck, though. Um, I'm a big Jimmy Carr fan. I, I like everything I see him in, like all his stand up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Jimmy Carr. I, th- I like I like the fact that he's one of those people that doesn't care about what he says, but doesn't have to be like. And now I'm going to say something that you don't want to hear. You know, like, uh, he kind of does do that a little bit, but he just basically says, "Oh, it's getting worse," and you know, he just doesn't. You know, like he said, he just charges. Right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, eighth grade. Um, oh, I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of the, the, the woman or girl. I think she's under 18. Um, I'm going to look up her name real quick. The star of it, because she's, she makes the movie and Bo Burnham, like I said, Bo Burnham wrote and directed this movie. Basically the movie is about uh, a girl from in eighth grade who, who has social anxieties. So it's not just a clever. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a clever title. It's an on the nose title. Um but uh yeah, she uh she has like bad social anxiety. Not 
not crippling like where she can't go anywhere, but you know, she gets very nervous in in public situations. Uh, she gets invited to a party at one point. She does these YouTube videos uh, to try to kind of come out of her shell a little bit. And at the end of each video, she says her catchphrase is stay Gucci. And she's like, stay Gucci. And it's so like, it seems very true to life because it's so cringy. It's like every time she says yeah. it, I'm like, oh, no, don't like. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't think I can watch that. That stuff just makes me so uncomfortable. But it's really good, though. And it's it's a very Elsie Fisher. That's her name. Uh, when this came out, uh, which I believe was a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was, it was, we were doing the podcast. It was last year or the year before. I guess. Yeah, it was 2018. And when this came out, I said, I said it was maybe the only time I've ever taken a hard stance on, on the Oscars. Uh, I said, Elsie Fisher deserves to win uh, the Academy Award for best actress. And she wasn't even nominated, which to me is a complete travesty. I still contend this is the best performance of the year, and she absolutely carries this movie. the The movie doesn't exist. I'm Bo Burnham wrote a great script, and it's full of like very good insight into what it's like to be a middle schooler or someone just about to go into high school. What it's like to be an early teenager with these kind of uh, social anxiety disorders, which you know Bo Burnham has been pretty. Uh, pretty uh, upfront about that he suffers from. And, uh, you know, she like at, at one point she has a panic attack, uh, you know, at, at the party. And, and I, I assume that he bases a lot of uh, this stuff on, you know, things that happened to him when, when he was younger as well. But do uh, is it true that the script took like like way longer to write than they thought because he had to uh, push his hair out of his eyes like half the fucking time? <laughs> Yeah, like he actually started writing this when he was in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, hold on, got to brush it aside. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I said, he he does he does a very good job directing. Uh, you know, it's a it's a fantastic s- script. But without her, I mean, the movie falls apart. She is fantastic in this movie, um, and she completely encapsulates the cringiness. Uh, the the feeling apparently okay so apparently she is seventeen now, um, in twenty twenty so she was she was mark your calendar mark she I, I don't find her attractive she was uh, I would hope not so she was fifteen when um she was fifteen when this filmed so at fifteen years old I mean it's 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 an I mean it's an amazing performance for any age but at fifteen years old it's almost incomparable and. I have even more amazing if it was a, a six-year-old playing an eighth grader. <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, her in anything else since then. But she absolutely deserves to be in more movies. If she's not, uh, maybe she's just in movies I'm not watching. But, but she absolutely deserves to be in more movies because she is a fantastic actress. And there's there like so. It's weird to watch it as a dad because I actually I watched it with my my daughter who who was in eighth grade at the time that uh, that this came out and she also you know has some some anxiety not holy shit is she in tenth grade now she will be <laughs> after That's the insane. summer I know oh my god it is it is insane but yeah uh so she um you know we watched it together and it was so it's so like 
weird to watch it as a dad. Oh I'm, man, Mark, you're almost you're almost uh, free. Huh? Oh, yeah, I was almost free. Yeah, she, she's almost eighteen. You have a, like a, a six year old. You start the clock over. <laughs> but just um, kidding. Your your kids are very uh, worth starting the clock over for. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, I know. But uh, but anyway, so uh, you know, like watching as a dad is really weird because there's this one scene where this guy, uh, she's in she's getting a ride home from this place. She's trying to like kind of hang out with popular kids and stuff like that. She doesn't really know her place. She doesn't have a lot of friends. And this guy's driving her home from this party and he starts asking her these questions, like, like sexual type questions. And it's getting really uncomfortable. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head. And I'm like, you better fucking not. I mean, like, I'm like, I'm really going to throw the remote through the TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm really getting like emotionally invested in this. I'm like, even though it's a movie, I'm like, no, you fucking asshole. Don't fucking do this. You know, like, but he, it, spoiler, spoiler alert, I guess it, nothing ends up happening. She's okay. You know, she's, there's no, sexual assault or anything like that but it's like it's a very uncomfortable like it's incredibly uncomfortable intense scene uh and she plays it great the the creepy kid i don't i don't know uh who he was but he plays it really great too it's directed uh excellently if if you have kids around this age i think it's a good thing uh to watch um you know it'll definitely uh, kind of resonate with you if you're a kid for whatever reason listening to our show <laughs> but if you're a kid around this age um i think that uh that it's you know something that you could actually like uh, an adult made it but i think you can it actually connects with you i think it's one of those rare instances where the adult that made it is either close enough to that point of his life or still emotionally in touch with that point of his right. life or maybe you like wrote journals or something yeah and it's like it doesn't sound like an adult like trying to sound like what he thinks you know, an eighth grader would sound like it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty spot on. Oh, you know, she was in the second season of Castle Rock. That was the, the, she was, um, Annie Wilkes's uh, daughter, which Did was, you finish that, by the way. Yeah. I, 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 I watched the rest of it. It was, are, are you, are it you was, happy you did that or it was fine. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was okay. The first season was it, you know? so good. The first season was so good. I was like, I was very disappointed, but you know, what is it on Hulu? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Hey, speaking of Hulu, did you ever watch that 11, 22, 63 on there? I did, yeah. Oh, you know what I was thinking of? Uh, we could, And I thought it was too late because we were about to go on the uh, to record. Mm-hmm. We could have just done Stephen King movies or projects. Oh, yeah, we could have done that. And then, we, then we could have followed the main podcast or the main show. Yeah, yeah, we could do that someday, I guess. All right, we're doing that now. Fuck it. No, I'm just <laughs> Fuck it. We're going live. Um. So do you have you have another one, Mike? Because I I've got my last one. Uh... Mark, I probably have a thousand of these movies, and I'm just pulling these out off the top of my head. Okay, good. This one I thought of. Uh, actually, okay, I have two more. Well, I'll, I'll limit it to two more. Okay. This actually calls back to what you're saying earlier about the Orchid Thief. How like there's a movie that's like a densely like purely like um it's it's purely a book like you know mm-hmm. some people like want to adapt every fucking book into a movie like catch 22 into a movie that doesn't make any sense right agreed they it. <laughs> they've done I mean, it twice uh, you know, as far as i know they've done it at least twice yeah. it'll take like movies that are ridiculous because i mean books have so many more layers you get to hear their thoughts that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah another book a, a dryish kind of financial book uh the big short uh by the financial journalist uh well, really, you could just say journalist in general, Michael Lewis. He's mm-hmm. now like a, uh, a nonfiction author. Yep. I'm a big fan of him. Um, he wrote um, 
Moneyball. This book, Liars Poker. Uh, he wrote. He wrote. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, he wrote. Um, oh, what the fuck is it? Uh, the the ta- the left tackle movie. What's that with that? Uh, oh, the blind side. Yeah, the blind side. He wrote that. He basically takes subjects and like kind of tries to find like the reasoning behind it. Um, the big short is about the 2008 financial uh, crisis, which at, at first glance is a very dry subject. Mm. It's very complicated financial instruments being traded and being backed by uh, assets that they thought were a lot more valuable than they actually were. Then, like when the assets collapsed, the uh, the financial instruments also collapsed, and there were like a few people who kind of saw it coming. And this movie is insanely good. I mean, it's got a great cast. We have Christian Bale, uh, Steve Carell's in it. Uh, Margot Robbie is like in a bathtub for some reason. I'm not <laughs> upset by that. It's it's literally put in there like as a joke. But I mean, it's like a, it's weird. I, I generally don't find blondes to be attractive, but her, I I definitely I I, I think she's attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just it's all it has all these crazy graphics. It's a really weird subject, but I, I think it was. Oh, what's Will Ferrell's writing partner's name? Adam yeah, Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Yeah, I think Adam McKay director. Yep, he did. Yeah, so there's all. It, it really does a great job of synthesizing the information and making it interesting. The book was very interesting. Uh, Michael Lewis is a great writer. I love all the stuff I've read by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does a great job of translating this very complicated subject into like you know something that's not only entertaining and digestible, but it's it's, it's important. I mean, this is really a a way that just like the country was just like fucked by all these bankers who like didn't do their due diligence, but just had no like you know there was no repercussions essentially. Right and at the end of the movie, they like break down even further all these bailouts and stuff. But yeah, it's a really great job of translating a very complicated subject. And and, and Adam McKay is not known as like a dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one where it's like uh, you know he's more known as a comedian, but some but some of his best work apparently is. Uh is dramatic work. Like I saw uh, Vice, which was... I really, I really think a lot of people, you know, it should be like required watching in high school. I mean, it might mm-hmm. be you know, language and that kind of stuff, but let's not be babies. I mean, people hear this language, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. But... Uh, if, if you think your, if your child is in 10th grade and they've never heard the word fuck before, they should be homeschooled because they're... Yes. They, they can't deal with life. Agreed. Agreed. Um... Go send them off to Liberty University in a few years. Everything will be just fine. Yeah, you're you're good. Or Prager University. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never seen The Big Short, uh, and I haven't read the Michael Lewis book. It was on Netflix. It might still be. It's you don't need to read the book. The movie is very. Yeah, I've heard many, many good things about the movie. The fact that you're giving it a glowing review makes me want to watch it even more now. Um, but yeah, I, I will probably check it out. But I've heard that it's. Uh, I've heard it's very entertaining. Like you said, I heard that it's a, you know, a boring topic made uh, like, you know, made relatable and fun and, and really conveys a lot of good information. So I will, uh, I'll definitely check that out. But, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a good one. The last one I want to do, uh, I'm doing this for myself, but I'm also doing this for your wife a little bit too, because uh, her and I uh, share a bond over this, uh, over this uh, movie. As well as you that, know, that's the only bond you share. Yeah, so as well as a familial bond, but uh, both of us have seen this movie. We saw it together, and it's completely flown under the radar. I'll bet you most of our listeners out there will have never heard of this movie, uh, but it's got a pretty good cast too. Uh, the movie is called Safe Men. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, Isn't that Emilio Estevez? No, it's Sam Rockwell, and um. Uh, okay. uh, Eddie, um, or damn it. What's his name now? Um, the guy from saving Silverman. 
You know what I'm talking about. But Mark Mark Ruffalo is in it, and so is Paul Giamatti. Johnny. Johnny Dakota, okay. yeah, that's his name. No, Paul Giamatti and uh, and Mark Ruffalo, uh, but it's it's um, Steve Zahn. Yeah, Sam Sam Rockwell and Steve Zahn, and basically they they're singers. Uh, Man, that's what he would. What'd you say? Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. You mentioned very good in that. Yeah, yeah, Sam Rockwell was excellent in that, of course, but. Um, but yeah, so it's it's Sam Rockwell and Steve Zahn, and they uh, they play say they play uh, lounge singers that get mistaken for safe crackers, um, and they get kind of pulled into this uh, this um, like underworld thing uh, with uh, Paul Giamatti, whose character's name is Veal Chop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like I said, Mark uh, Mark Ruffalo's in it uh, as well. It's uh, directed by uh, John Hamburg, um, and written by him as well. I guess he did uh, he did like Zoolander, um, I Love You Man, uh, and Meet the Parents and stuff like that. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this movie is this movie's actually very good. Um, it's uh, it's hilarious, and it's. It's one of those like, it's a madcap like I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's not necessarily like wacky humor, but it's 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 not exactly subversive either. It kind of rides the line between like a broad comedy and like a subversive comedy, I guess. Uh, um, but it's it's like silly in the best kind of ways. And Steve Zahn and Sam Rockwell are fucking hilarious together they play off of each other so well and that's kind of what makes what makes the movie so good uh like i said paul giamatti is sort of the um one of the antagonists in the in the movie and and he's uh you know he's very good in the movie as well obviously paul giamatti's a you know a good actor um but uh, but yeah, it's it's one of the funnier movies that I've seen, and you know, like I said, it, it's compl- completely under the radar type of movie. So if uh, I believe I believe that's also on Netflix. So if you uh, if you have the inkling, if you want to laugh, I would uh, I would check it out. Uh, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. But yeah, that's uh, that's Safe Men. You, you know what's funny? I can't believe that Alex hasn't hasn't made you watch that. By the way, yeah, I don't think I'd like it. <laughs> you know what's funny? What? My call dropped out for like a minute straight there, and you just were just talking within it without interruption. Didn't even. Know. Wow, that's what it feels like to talk without interruption. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was good though. Um, but yes. yeah. Anyways. Yeah, what's uh, what's your right. last one, Mike? Uh, the last one again. I have many of these. Is it's kind of a weird choice. Um, it's a it's a nine it's two thousands uh, comedy. It's a Adam Sandler involved movie. It's a Grandma's Boy. Have you ever seen or heard of this movie? Yep, yep. I've uh, I've seen Grandma's Boy. Yeah, it's weird because like it's a movie. Like I heard people at work were like you know gravely reviewing it. Um, you know whatever. I'm like okay, I'll watch it and. 
I, I found it to be, and I still, uh, it's a movie I'll watch constantly. It's a very funny movie. Have you, uh, do you agree? Do you not find it this funny? No, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I don't get how it's almost like a sleeper. I don't know if it was successful, like, you know, on DVD or anything, but it's just, uh, it's uh, Alan Covert plays like a former accountant turned video game designer. He works at this company called Bradasium, and he's working on a game called Evil Death Slayer, Evil Dead Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like by far the oldest person there. They call him Graybush. Like he always challenges people to classic video games. It often beats them, if not always. We never see him lose. Right. Um, a, a, a project manager played by uh, Linda Cardellini, who uh, I can uh, watch all day. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows up. Fantastic. They're kind of delayed. Kevin Nealon. He's like this laid back hippie kind of wacky character. Uh, Alan Cobra has a friend named Dante. He's like a drug dealer who's obsessed with like getting exotic animals. Yeah. Yes. Um, it f- features Doctor Chocola from a uh, um, from that's my boy. We all know what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like the, and there's like this antagonist. You know, it's like a romantic comedy. Uh, Doris Roberts is in it. She's very funny. Shirley Jones, hilarious. I don't remember the other woman because he lives with his grandmother after his roommate uh, fails to pay the rent. He's buying a. And then he's kicked out by Rob Schneider because, you know, uh, Rob Schneider has to be in everything involved with Adam Sandler. And he has a different accent in each one, so it's okay. Yeah, um, uh, apparently Rob Schneider uh, has a blood oath with Adam Sandler they made when they were seven or something like he, He's that. got something on it. We don't know what it is, but he's got something on it. I still I still say that these people just don't criticize Adam Sandler, and that's why he keeps them around. Yeah. But it's like a, there's a lot of madcap hijinks. There's like a crazy party. Uh, it's an early Jonah Hill role. He's very funny in it. He's mm-hmm. like this, like one of their friends who works at the uh, company with them. Um, like I said, it's a, just a fun movie. Uh, I, I think the performances are funny. I mean, it's not like the most unpredictable movie ever, but it's just it's just good, solid jokes all throughout. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. I, I'll, it's a one I'll rewatch every. Yeah, the only thing I really have to add because it is a hilarious movie. And one that everyone should check out. It's one of those. So it's it's sort of from, I don't know, one of the, I, don't, I hesitate to call it a golden age of comedy. But um, yeah, I'd say it's similar to Super Troopers in mm-hmm. that when Super Troopers, I saw the previous one, but that movie does not look funny at all. But what I actually saw, it, it was like, oh, I, this, they, it didn't give it justice. And yeah. I don't even know if Grandma's was. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but it's like it's from that era of the mid two thousands where comedies were were still good. Uh, there, there's there... And, and there were some that were pretty successful, like old school. So they gave mm-hmm. like you know there were a lot more chances to make uh, comedies at that point. Yeah, there hasn't there hasn't been a lot of like solid comedies recently at all. Um, yeah, no lot of people cite The Hangover. I don't think The Hangover Hangover is unfunny, but it's not like hilarious. Grandma's mm-hmm. Boy is way funnier than The Hangover. The Hangover is one of those movies where, like, you watch it the first time and it's like, "Oh, this movie's really funny." But if you watch it again, it's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's good." You know, like it doesn't. It's the funniest the first time around, and after that, it's there's not there's no rewatchable value to it. Super Troopers, Grandma's Boy, um, even old school to a degree. You can watch movies yeah, like that. Phillips movie. Yeah, you can you can watch movies like that uh, over and over again. And they're still yeah, you funny. Pick, you pick up on a lot of stuff. And, and Old School has so many funny parts. Everybody mm-hmm. is great. Andy Dick has a brief cameo. He's fucking hilarious. Yep. Craig Kilborn's in there. Um, Sean William Scott's in there for like maybe a yes. minute. He's funny. Everybody in the movie is funny. Uh, you know, uh, Todd Phillips makes a cameo himself. Yep. Um, it's, uh, it's it's just funny. It's a good movie. The the like I said, the only thing I really have to add is that uh, the other. 
the other grandma or whatever is Shirley Knight. Uh, oh, is it Knight, not Jones? I wasn't. I wasn't. No, it's from the partnership. No, Shirley Jones is one. Shirley Jones oh, is I one. See. Shirley Knight's uh, the other one. It's Doris Roberts, Shirley Jones, from? Shirley Knight. Um, so she she was like uh, like an old Hollywood actress. She did a lot of um, she did a lot of like Broadway stuff. But she did. She was nominated uh, for uh, the Dark at the Top of the Stairs and Sweet Bird of Youth is from '62. Is probably maybe her most like known role. Um, but she did a lot of like, she was basically like a, just a working actress. She did a lot of television. She did a lot of movies in the, uh, in the sixties and seventies. Um, and I think she kind of retired until I, I think grandma's boy kind of like revitalized her career a little bit because she was on an episode of house. I know. I think she did. Um, oh, house. I hate that fucking show. <laughs> She was on, <laughs> she was on Desperate Housewives for uh the, according to my wife for a little bit. Um I think she did like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I believe that part. Right. According to my wife. I think she was on Crossing Jordan. She did like uh a, a Law and Order, I think. So she uh she came out of retirement basically and started doing like I guess she found the the love for acting again from uh, the movie's Grandma's Boy. Uh but she's uh like I said uh, very, you know, like hardworking actress. She's been in a ton a ton of stuff. That's good. I feel that a hardworking actor, though, isn't all that hardworking. That's true. Uh, I mean, they're long days, but you're just fucking sitting in your trailer all day. Yeah, memorizing a, a script. That's probably the hardest part, I guess. And on a movie set, I suppose you don't have to have everything completely memorized. Yeah, especially if you're Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we should have done The Island of Dr. Moreau. That fucking Oh, my story. God. I need to see a documentary about that. That the that's a movie. I want to see Charlie Kaufman write a script about the um, yes. Making, no, no, Michael Lewis, a, a journalist project. That's. I don't think you can make it more insane than it actually was. Like I think it was like the cinematographer like fled this the 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 movie and like hid in the jungle for like the, months. The director. They fired the original director from the movie. This guy, this guy, for years wanted to like it was his passion project to bring this book to bring this book to the screen and it started going over budgets there was crazy stories coming out some people were complaining and stuff so they fired the original director but instead of leaving he hid in the jungle and uh like crew members would bring him like craft services and stuff they'd sneak him food in the jungle and all he was trying to do was figure out uh you know what was going on on set and how the movie was going and stuff like that right. it was crazy yeah i think isn't that where marlon brando like Literally had like his lines written on his co-stars at certain points. Yes. Marlon Brando, fucking insane, uh, insane individual towards the end of his life. That might be his last role too, huh? I think so. Yes. Which in a lot of ways, I mean, it, it, it's weird. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for him, but I don't at the same time. I mean, he basically <laughs> had the world in the palm of his hands, but just like said. Fuck. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, 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 Marlon Brando got an, enough love and Oscar wins, and where he's like some people like him and like Frank Sinatra. Like, I mean, Frank Sinatra never really fell off like Marlon Brando did. He was, I mean, he had like a perfect career in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, yeah. if you wanted to be a singer, you couldn't ask for a better career than Frank Sinatra. Like, he, you know, people wanted to hear like his classic at the end. They weren't like mm -hmm. clamoring for music or anything. Yeah, yeah, he he suffered. Sinatra suffered a vocal hemorrhage fairly early in his career where he thought uh, he wasn't going to be able to come back. But then um, 
He was a mafia sorted that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. And then he was dating Ava Gardner, and he was, and she was contracted to MGM, I think, or or I think it was MGM. And he said, uh, "Hey, I want to part." And another thing, if I'm going to be frank, <laughs> I want to part in this movie from here to eternity. I want to play Maggio because. He's an Italian boxer, and I could do this, and whatever. And he, anyway, he wins uh, Best Supporting Actor uh, at the Academy Awards, and his career all of a sudden, his career all of a sudden, because he was like a uh, like a teen idol singer, uh, and then after he won that Academy Award, he became like the biggest fucking star in the world. So yeah, and then yeah. from that point on, his career was, I mean, like you said, absolutely perfect. You couldn't script a better career. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to feel. I mean, yeah, you feel empathy on every, for everyone on like a human to human level. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some people are not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's lucky. I don't think anybody who's very successful successful is a hundred percent lucky. I mean, there's a lot of hard work, you know. Yeah, yeah. You say that acting is a lot of sitting around, but it, it's a lot of perseverance. You know, a lot of giving up on wages and that sort of thing. I mean, some people like Frank Sinatra get famous from a very young age and are just that way until they die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard work, but yeah, I mean, it's like you couldn't ask. It, it's like a perfect. Career. Yeah, and I mean he, you know, amazing talent too. Like you know, Sinatra had a, yeah, yeah, an yeah, amazing talent. Sure. But, yeah, uh, I think that actually gets lost a lot of times. I mean, people think of him like almost like this classical, like Italian thug type guy. You know, like an old school, like you know, you know, violent type. He would have you know his manager would throw money at people whenever he mm-hmm. like got upset and over dessert cart. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, he a very talented individual for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll probably end up in Jersey with a meat hook in my ass for that joke, but. Uh, <laughs> It'll be worth it. <laughs> oh, but that's uh, that is the show for uh, for the week. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll have some dumpster diving, and uh, the next day we might have a special little surprise for you instead of uh, uh, tales from house or whatever we call that show. Uh, everybody lies, which is a good name. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good name. You came up with that name, right? Um. I- I think it was kind of obvious, but yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with what we did on house, but yeah, it was just becoming too boring. I mean, it's nice to mix it up. Yep. But we're going to, especially when there's like, what, what, 20 fucking episodes in a season of house or something. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. of It's like 500 episodes of that fucking that's show. A, that's right? another good thing about Netflix and streaming stuff is you don't need 22 episodes. I mean, you, you, you never did. Was there ever a show or 24 episodes in some case, right? Ben? <laughs> right. Um, there's never a need for that. I mean, I never like, oh man, I need like fucking 11 hours on this fucking story here. No, the only reason they did it that way is because uh, that filled out a season. That yeah, the commercials and that yeah. filled that filled out a season and paid bills and and shows used to be a lot easier to make. So that like a like a standard sitcom, it's like okay, what's what's uh, the conflict going to be this week? Let's write the jokes. Uh, you guys go act it. We're done. Um, we yeah, take you're not, not everyone's news radio where you're being like creative and brilliant you have all these crazy sets and shit i mean it's, it's all i mean this is a bad example because roseanne's a very good show for mm-hmm. most of the time probably i could probably film like i could probably direct an episode of roseanne like in like season five or oh, six for sure. probably not doing a lot of shit like yes okay oh roseanne uh, and dan disagree roseanne's right dan wanted to admit it oh and uh, one of the kids gets in trouble at school yep pretty much and, and and like like you said um you know the the what makes a sitcom good or bad is the jokes you know i are is your staff good at writing jokes good at writing humorous situations and, and yeah, things like sure. that but it's but it's basically the same plot wise it's the same thing over and over again television's like that so where it's uh it was made to be 
shoot quick, shoot fast, you know, easy. All the lighting is is you know the same. Three cameras set up, uh, flat lighting all throughout, so that uh, we can change cameras. We can change to like we don't have to. You know, there's no mood lighting or anything like that. Yeah, I'd say it's hard to make a funny sitcom. I mean, because really, mm-hmm. when you think about it, are you, can you think of one? I mean, there's obviously examples like you know, you love Seinfeld. I'm not as much of a fan, but I mean, you would say that's a funny show. Yeah, I mean, but like, I mean. Like, I always pick up this show because it looks like the most shittiest show I've ever seen in my entire life. I've seen, like, a few minutes of it before, and it's terrible. The Big Bang Theory, I mean, are those even jokes? I knew you were going to say that, too. The Big like, Bang Theory. Wait, but I'm too smart. You don't understand this. That's <laughs> a physics thing. <laughs> no, so the Big Bang Theory is very... Zumba. <laughs> the Big Bang Theory is very good at, um, at like, <sighs> talking about... I don't know. Like there, it's it's a lot of pop they, they culture know what, stuff. What should be a joke? Like they know if mm-hmm. they phrase something a certain way, people will laugh. But mm-hmm. it's not a joke. So I don't. You know me. I I have a pretty uh, like high tolerance for any. Like I can find, I can you know be entertained by pretty much anything. And um, my wife happens to really like The Big Bang Theory. Um, sorry. I I understand the. Uh, sorry for you. I understand why. Um, why people you know criticize the show. I think it's fine, but let me tell you something, Mike. Um, there was an episode of The Big Bang Theory, uh, where actually he was on a couple episodes, but there was a big there was an episode of The Big Bang Theory where Bob Newhart guest starred as a some character on the uh on The Big Bang it's Theory. We dipshit. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Watching Bob Newhart completely school all these actors in how to be funny and like timing and stuff, it's a really interesting juxtaposition. He'll come in and he's just like, uh, at this one point, so he the character he plays uh, is Professor Proton. Basically, I don't know if you remember Mr. Wizard when we were. It's like a Mr. Wizard thing. Yeah, it's basically like a, it's a guy they watched as a kid and they found out that you you could hire him for parties and stuff. So they hired him and he's all confused because, you know, they're adults because he's usually hired for kids parties. Um, and the the dumb blonde woman, uh, Kaylee Cuoco on the show, he's going through all these these things and um, he. Uh, <laughs> He's talking about, well, I guess I could do the potato clock thing. And she's like, ooh, what's that? And he says, um, it's where, uh, or the, actually one of the other actors goes, it's where he, um, you know, he can power a clock with a potato. And she's like, oh, how do you do that? Is it, is it a trick potato or a trick clock? And he's like, no, it really, there's just a, an electrical, uh, you know, small electrical impulse in the potato it can power a uh a, uh, a potato for or can power a clock for a little Richard bit. Richard clock. And she goes, she goes, oh my God, wouldn't that solve the world's energy problems? And Bob Newhart just sits there for a second, completely stoned faced, and he goes, no. <laughs> and it's <laughs> the way he does it, like the timing of it, the look on his face, like Bob Newhart's a fucking like legend. And uh, and it's interesting to see him, you know, on a show like this because, like I said, he really, you know, he's kind of like you kind of realize you're like, oh my god, this guy's like a fucking legend. These people don't look nearly as good <laughs> next to him. Uh, but uh, but yeah. yeah, they had the they had the one guy um, Simon something on Norm Macdonald's show, and he just I, uh, whatever. I mean, it didn't do it. It didn't make me want to see him in anything else. 
Oh yeah, Simon uh, Helberg. Yeah, something like that. He does a good Nicolas Cage impression. Well, that's good. I mean, no <laughs> one else does a Nicolas Cage impression. Right. <laughs> Could I do one? Let's see. Does he does he do Roddy Dangerfield? <laughs> well, no. Uh, come what on. What about Nixon? <laughs> hey. I'm sorry, I missed your Nicolas Cage. But... Hey, hey, what you doing? That, no, that's the Roddy Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I didn't think Nicolas Cage had a stroke. Nicolas Cage would be like, what? Like, who, why, where? That's pretty good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Nixon. Who can't do Nixon? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) You know who else he does? He does Christopher Walken. (laughs) Oh, does he? (laughs) But you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't do Danny DeVito. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Have you been working on it? Oh, I've, yeah, I've been listening. I've been listening to some stuff, trying it out. Very good. Uh, but that is our show for the week. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Tune in Saturday. We've got uh, we got stuff you're going to want to listen to. Uh, Love Guru. Just, uh, Love Guru? Oh, my God. Just uh, a reminder, Love if Guru tomorrow. If you're into drugs or drinking, I do that before you watch this movie, and it won't make any more or less. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This, oh, I, I, I wish you had already watched it. I, I have a lot to say about the Love Guru. Mike, do you remember when we saw the Mod Squad in the movie theater? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so I might do some of that before I watch the Love Guru. Oh, Lord. Uh, all right, well, we'll see you next time. Bye. See you next time.